Blog Talk Radio. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our heads in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve, you deserve the glory and the
a faithful God. Awesome is your name. You do mighty things. You do glory. You're the faithful God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name. You want to declare it? Your name. Your name. Your name is. mighty Lord, mighty God, mighty Jesus, hallelujah, in who we trust, in who we put all our trust in him, who we know is in control, mighty Lord, we pray in your name, Lord, hallelujah, you allow your people to log in tonight, Lord, be blessed, be touched by you, in a mighty special way, your presence, and that your anointing will be felt tonight, Lord. In a special way, Lord, touch every heart, every mind, every life, Lord Jesus. Lord Yeshua, you know the need of your people. We ask that you will touch them, Lord. You will touch the heart. You will touch the mind. You will help them tonight to receive your word. Prepare our, prepare our life, Lord Jesus, for us to receive your word, your ministration, Lord. 
the ministering Holy Spirit of God will minister to us. Comfort your people, Lord. Help us in the last day before the rapture departure of the bride of Christ. Lord, help us to endure it. Help us to persevere. The last moment, Lord, help your people, Lord, to endure it. Help your people to persevere. We pray, we pray through the cross, the blood of Jesus, Lord, that every life will be touched, will be ministered to the working of the cross, the power of the cross, the power of resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah. Minister to every life. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua, name we pray, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory, oh, honor. Oh, praise be unto you, Lord, how your people are like in tonight. We rebuke or hindering spirits and billions and trillions of what is angels, archangels and sheriffs. In Jesus' name, Lord, to minister to your people, to help your people, Lord, to serve you, to seek you, to receive more of you, O Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray to the Lord, help your people. Help your people, O Lord, help your people. Hallelujah. Help them to help their peace. The last day, Lord Jesus, give us your peace. Give us your shalom, Lord. Help us. Help us in Jesus' name to minister. Help us to seek you. Help us to come closer to you. Make it possible, Lord, in Jesus' name. Make the way, Lord. Make the way in Jesus' name. Let your anointing and your presence minister, O Lord, to your people. Mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, we pray the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We praise you, mighty God. We praise you, mighty Jesus. We give you thanks, honor, and praise, oh Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, oh Lord. Touch every heart. Touch every mind. Let your anointing, let your presence take over. Any worry, every concern, come for the heart. Come for the heart, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Whatever the need is, Lord, meet the need of your people, Lord. Hallelujah. Through grace, hallelujah. Salvation, Lord. Hallelujah. The power of the cross. So the cross of Jesus Christ that defeated all evil, all demon, no principality at the cross. We claim the power, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Shalom, the Lord's servant. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll be in prepare before the Lord comes. Hallelujah. We know his coming is close. We know the Lord is about to come, and he's getting our life ready for his coming. Hallelujah. Those that are going home, so many are staying behind by their own choosing the Lord, I call them to be ready, to prepare, to make themselves ready, to make, hallelujah, to endure, to persevere. Jesus talks about perseverance in his word, which is like persecution. Because you have to go through something in order to, hallelujah, to persevere. The Apostle Paul says in, in Romans 5, 4, endurance creates Character and character create comfort, confidence. So as we go through these difficult times, hard times, hallelujah, persecution one way or another, 
is where we persevere and endure. And it build, endurance build, create character, and character create confidence. So at this time, God is creating something in us. God is creating character in our lives and confidence. Notice that those are the two things that are missing among believers, character and confidence. And they all can be created through endurance. My brother and sister, that's why Jesus said that he that endures to the end shall be saved. We are called, we are being called to be saved through Jesus Christ our Lord, but we receive the Lord as our Lord and Savior. But we got to get there with him, walk with him, live with him. He is creating in us a new man, a new woman, my brother and sister, the finished work of the cross. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We are not ashamed to have this confidence because God's love has been poured into our heart by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Notice how God loves to be poured. That means this is a daily walk. And as we're seeking God, as we're coming close to him, through the Holy Spirit, God is pouring his love. This sometimes God can do at the moment. At the time, it's a process. And a lot of people don't like the, pro- the process, don't like to wait, which is part of endurance. Endurance and wait is kind of equal because in order for you to wait or, for, or in order for you to endure, you have to wait in God, wait on God. Wait upon the Lord, the Bible says. But verse 6 says, hallelujah, Romans 5, look at it this way of the right time. While we are still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly people. Finding someone who would die for the ungodly person is rare. This is from the uh, God's Word Bible. Maybe someone would have the courage to die for a good person. Christ died for us while we were still sinner. This demonstrated God's love for us. So he did it before we can confess. We come to confess the Lord in order for us to know that we are saved by grace, by his mercy. Thank you, Lord. Shalom, Sister Regina. Very important. Verse 9, Christ, since Christ's blood has now been given, given us God approval. Notice how you get the approval of God through God's blood. And how did God's blood cleanse us when you repent? Cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So this is a daily walk with God, daily repentance that you and I need to do, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Since Christ's blood has now been given us approval, we are even more certain that Christ will save us from God's anger. And if the death of his son restore our relationship with God, while we were still his enemy, we are even more certain that because of the restored relationship, the life of his son will save us. In addition, our Lord Jesus Christ let us continue to brag about God. After all, it is through Christ that we now have the restored relationship with God. 
Because this is exactly what was lost in the garden. This is exactly what Adam and Eve lost in the garden. Their relationship with God. And no one talks about this much. No one talks about relationship much. But notice the problem we're having in the last day with broken relationships, broken marriage. Although we can be together, but if it's broken, the, the hurt, the pain, the bitterness is there. Broken relationship never works unless there is forgiveness. Then come restoration. So in relationship problem, in marriage problem, there has to be forgiveness in order to, to be restoration. You know, one of my sisters insulted me because of my mom last week, and I show her that I forgive her by going to her and giving her a hug and letting her know, letting her know I love her. I forgive her. Because as a servant of God, I learned to do that. I learned that insult, offending word can be said, but then who takes the next step to say I'm sorry? Because if you stand there and say, well, I didn't do it. It wasn't me, like I used to do years ago, and the Lord taught me that I need to forgive. No matter what the situation is, I got to be forgiven. And that's very hard to do when you have pride. Because the only thing between the person and I, forgiving other person and us is pride. My brother and sister. And pride doesn't come without a fall. You cannot be fallen unless you have pride in you. Are you... And if you have pride, you will fall. You will fall. Pride will make you fall. That's why when you look to forgiveness, you you are growing in humility. You are being humble. You're humbling yourself. Like Christ called us to humble ourselves. That's very difficult. Unless you humble yourself, you cannot forgive other people. You cannot look forward to having that relationship to restore it because restoration comes to forgiveness. Christ forgiven us at the cross. And that's why through that, our relationship with Father can be restored. And that's the greater example. Shalom, Sister Luna. That's the greater example, my brother and sister. Paul compared Christ to Adam. And he says in Romans 5, 12, says, came since came into the world through one person, and death, talking about death came into the world through one person and came through sin. So death spread to everyone because everyone sinned. How easy it was for death to come over, to come and kill people, take over their lives, because everyone has sinned. That's the open door. It's easy for death to kill people or bring death upon people, death upon relationships. Death even on finance, death in so many ways. My brother sister. Since within the world, before there were, there, were, there were any law, but no record of sin can be kept when there is no law. Yet death rule from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin in the same way Adam did, when he disobeyed, Adam is the image of the one 
who will come. My brothers and sisters. And you see how Adam was deceived. I was driving to New Jersey this weekend to pick up my mom and bring her, bring her here for a few weeks. And I was listening to this preacher, this pastor. Everything was according to how the Lord was leading us. Because I went in prayer with the Lord and asked the Lord about this. If I could go and do this. And the Lord spoke to me and said, go in peace, my son. Yes, go in peace, my son. And that, when the Lord spoke into me, wow. I knew immediately it was plan of God. I was listening to this preacher about Genesis 3 on the radio. Praise the Lord. I apologize. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. About Genesis, my mom would say, says when you're preaching, that's when they, they want to call. That's when the enemy wants to make the call. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Genesis 3, this preacher was saying, in the conversation we, before, between the serpent and Eve, this was what he was preaching about. The conversation with uh, the serpent and Eve, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what the conversation, we already know the conversation. But this, there was something Eve said to the serpent. There was a lie. Eve lied to the serpent. How many of you heard that? Eve lied to the serpent. And Jesus called Satan, the Bible calls Satan the old serpent. And Jesus calls Satan the father of all lies. My brother and sister. But in this conversation between Eve and the serpent, the preacher was saying that Eve lied to the serpent. And when he shared the word, I was stunned. I tell you, there's so much in the Word. Anything about this life and the life to come, as the Lord says, is in the Word of God. And I was very attentive to hear what he was going to read in the Bible that show us that Eve lied to the serpent. And when he did, I was stunned. I was driving, but I was like, wow, it is so true. Here's in the conversation what he said. When the serpent came to Eve and said that the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, have God said, you should not eat at every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat at the fruit of the tree of the garden. But at the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You should not eat of it, neither should ye ye touch it. And God never said to Eve, that you cannot touch the fruit of the tree. But why did he choose to lie to the serpent? Was that in somehow that Eve was being influenced by the serpent right from the moment the serpent came to Eve? My brother and sister, it leads you to think and meditate on this conversation, Shalom Sister Regina. Because Eve said to the serpent, the God said that we should not touch it. 
And God never said that. My brother and sister, God never said that. God said that you should not. Hallelujah. God said, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou should not eat of it. For in the day that ye thereof surely died. God said, eat. But Eve says, touch. She did also said eat, but she also added touch to it. Remember what Jesus said, that we should not add or take away from the word of God or our name what we remove from the book of life? Because a day, years ago, a brother says to me that this pastor who was taken to heaven by the Lord, God revealed to her, a woman, that Eve is not in heaven. Eve did not make it to heaven. And I didn't know, I was thinking, for what reason that Eve did not make it to heaven? You know, you start meditating, you start thinking. You start saying, wow, Eve did not make it to heaven? Because she was in heaven and she asked. She saw Adam, but Eve did not make it to heaven. It was revealed to her. And then when you hear something, it's like you want to receive a confirmation from it of it. Because I was so this was a really uh, deep woman in God that God was taken to heaven several times. And she asked in heaven about Eve. And she was told that Eve did not make it to heaven. And then you want to know why you did not make it to heaven. But right now, as the Word of God says, very clear that we cannot add or take away. Hallelujah. We cannot add or take away from the Word, my brother and sister. And he did do so. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. It says that, for I testify that every man that heareth the word of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add, and this, the word man is the same as the word for woman, general, male and female. So again, for I testify unto every man, male and female, that heareth the word of this prophecy of this book, if any man shall add or take of these things, God shall add unto him the plague that are written in the book. And any man will take away of the word of the book of this prophecy. Shall take away from the book of the uh, the book of this prophecy. God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of this holy city, which is the things that are written in the book. Hallelujah. So it begins with the word adding or taking away. And what the Eve do? To what God said, she added. That very reason can keep her from coming into heaven. That very reason can keep Eve's name from being removed from the book of life and keep her from coming into heaven because she added to what God said. And this is an example that I didn't know, but it's in the word of God. She added to the word of God. And this makes sense now. Why didn't she make it into heaven? Because her name was added out of the book of life. And if your name is not there, you cannot go to heaven. My brother and sister, to me, this was surprisingly like, my brother and sister, wow. 
Oh, everything is in the Word of God. See, when God reveals you something in heaven, then you ask, well, where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Word? And God will show us. God will show us. And this is what God has done in his Word. Amen? But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, God says. For in the day thou eatest eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And what she said to the serpent? But as the fruit of the evil of the garden, God said, you should not eat of it. That was right, right there. To that point, that's what he should have stopped. But then this is what she added. Neither should you touch it, lest she die. She added a touch, okay, like a, like a cook. She added her own touch to it. And God has said, no, you cannot add. Because you're not cooking these here. You're not cooking. This is not a meal you're making. This is the word of God Almighty. You're not making a pie. You're not, making, you're not making a meal where you can add a few things if you want to your own liking. No. If God says this is it, you got to leave it there, Eve. But she goes, what do you think happens when she said this to Satan later on? After all this, Satan will accuse her. Why? Because the Bible says in Revelation 2, he's the accusing, accusers of the brethren. And from that very moment, he was like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What God has said is that you will not eat of it, but she said you could not touch it either. She lied. She added to what God said. And her name was removed from the book of life. And this is why he did not make it to heaven. This is a, this, this is a reason here a biblical reason why. Because that God is very clear that you should not ask or take away. My brother and sisters, that will make sense. Okay? I did heard out of the word that if you repent, if you truly repent, God can forgive you and your name can be added back to the book of life. But now I, I believe that is between them and God now. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. But he says that, hallelujah, you cannot add or take away. And she did add to what God has said. And this to me makes a lot of sense because once I heard that she didn't make it, wow. Okay. When they talk about the book of life, like in the in Philippians 4.3, I treat thee also, you three, you, um, through you fellow, help those women who labor with me in the gospel, says to the brother, with Clement also with my other fellow labor, whose name are in the book of life. And this is what's important, that our name are written in the book of life. This is what's important, my brother and sister. Jesus said in Revelation 3:5, he that overcome and shall the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angel. So he talks about being blot out, being erased. And that's what a lot of people are coming into with God. Like Eve, their name being erased from the book of life. Bible insisted. Revelation 13, 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship in whose name are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. 
So what does the people that are not in the book of life, they worship the beast. Why? Because of technology that, that, that will be in the, in, the, in the mark of the beast, it will have, they will be able to control the people, put thoughts into their mind in the sample. It's a controlling technology, manipulating technology. And this is what the RFID has in it. The RFID and the 5G, your record, your bank account are in it. Nanotechnology is in the RFID, which is in the Vicene, COVID-19 Vicene. And this is the controlling technology that the Antichrist have prepared for the last days, the Babylonian system. To control people's mind, put thoughts into the mind. They even said that when they want people to riot, they will send signal through the COVID by seeing that it's already in the body changing the DNA and will have people riot as much as they want, as violent as they want. My brother and sister, isn't that incredible? It's a controlling technology. That nanotechnology is a controlling technology put together by the Antichrist, by the Babylonian system in the last days. The mystery of iniquity. They have put together this technology to control people's mind and even body. So the brain controls the body. And through the, to the, to the RFID, through the COVID-19 by seeing, they can send signal to the brain and control the people's mind, put thoughts into their mind. They have already tested it, and it works. It works. My brother and sister, it is the technology for the last days. A lot of people think that they need to have a neurotechnology that Elon Musk has put together that has been approved already. And have that ship uh, injected into people's brain or, or through surgery, which is the way they're doing it now, in order to for people to, my brother and sister, be controlled. And no, they already have that nanotechnology in the, in the COVID-19 vaccine. My brother and sister. In the days to come, this technology that we've been talking about for years now, a couple of two, three years, it's going to come out to the light. There is nothing hidden. The word of God says that will not come out to light. And this is where people are going to see the, the truth that God has been speaking to the servant, the prophet. Right now, we sound like a broken record. We sound like we made no sense to a lot of people. But once this technology is in use fully, and news, they're going to see people doing things as the Lord showed me years ago, walking after people with a gun and blowing up the brain. But a multitude, not just a couple here and there, no, a multitude, they're going to obey the order that these people are going to send to them. They're just letting the nanotechnology inside the body work itself out. Work itself out because the nanotechnology has been programmed. It has been programmed to work itself out in the body 
to get to the full control of the people's mind and body, mostly their mind, their brain, until they can control the person as much as they want. Look how wicked these people are, that they they are putting, injecting this nanotechnology and meat. A few weeks back, people have been sending me a link about this stuff. They've been injecting this stuff in meat. They know people love to eat meat. But what did the Lord say to me over 10 years ago? Not to eat meat. Why? Because he is preserving our lives, our body. He is preserving us from having this, this stuff in our body and from them to begin to manipulate us from the inside out. You see, they, they, they're trying to manipulate you from the inside out. My brother and sister. And this is what a lot of people, when they hear, say, oh, he's, he's talking nonsense. It doesn't make sense what he's talking about. Our government will not do that to us. But as the day comes in and they unfold, God is going to reveal these things. See, here's what you're going to know who's a true prophet of God. Because everything we're saying from God has to come to pass when it's from God. If it's not from God, it will not. A lot of times when we say something and God delays it, because God can delay things, a lot of people think it was not of God, and it's just that it's been delayed by judgment. I saw a judgment come in December. Last, I believe it was last December. No, the, last, the December before. I saw a judgment coming in December 2020. And the judgment has been delayed. Father had granted back then the Lord more time. But it was the last time, Father says, in the beginning of last year, the last time that will be granted. But it was granted. And when time is granted, then everyone feels a delay. But then everyone judges prophecy by a delay. You cannot judge prophecy by a delay. What you, got, what you need to do is, if God delays something, it's still wait. Still wait. Hallelujah. Because God is going to bring things, my brother and sister, in his own timing. And God has a time when he brings everything, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Even though it was delayed, we need to wait. It's like in Matthew 24, 48. But if that evil servant just stayed in his eye, my Lord delayed his coming. Notice how the action of the heart of saying we waited for too long is wrong. Because here, but is that evil servant? What are we serving a Christ? I've been saying for you, we are, we're servants of Christ, and a lot of people disagree with me. Oh, with the bride, with the sons, we are serving those that are preaching the gospel. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, "My Lord, delay his coming," and you know the problem when you think it's delayed. A lot of time, most of the people, when they believe in the, the Lord Jesus coming is delayed, they'll make wrong decisions. 
they will make wrong decisions. I have in the past made wrong decisions because I see in this delay. And I have repented in one, I want to wait. That's why we get the word patiently we wait on the Lord. My brother and sister. Because God is calling us to be impatient. Hallelujah. Where everything that the Lord is doing over anything. Hallelujah. We need to be patient. Hallelujah. James 1, Shooter 8. My brethren, come to know joy when you fall in the right temptation. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith work in patience. But let patience have, have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect in the entire, entire lacking nothing. Here's the thing. When you want to rush something in God, you're missing the work of God in your life. Don't miss what God is doing in your life because you want to be impatient. You say you cannot be patient. My brother and sister, we need to be patient for God. God is working in our lives to make us patient. Hallelujah. It's the only way that we're going to grow, that we're going to mature, that we're going to be ready to receive what he has for us. When we are patient of Christ, hallelujah, we are called to be impatient. Hallelujah. But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we patient wait for it? God is having every one of us waiting for the things that we don't see. But patiently we need to wait for it. I can see a lot of people losing patience. My brother and sister, a lot of people are busy with something else because they feel that they cannot wait any, any longer. They're losing patience. God calls us to be impatient, but they feel like they cannot wait any longer, and that's wrong. That is wrong in regard to God because then you are falling temptation, James says. Come to the joy when you fall in the right temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work and patience. Even when you fall, it's not the fall that matters. It's you coming back up again, rising again, that really matters. My brother and sister, look what it took the Lord to die on the cross. But look at the glorious Rising up of the third day message. That became the hope of the, for the entire world. Re, Jesus rising on the third day gave humanity hope that there is hope in God. That those that wait upon the Lord will mount them high as eagle. That will have strength of buffalo. My brother and sister. We need to wait upon the Lord patiently, knowing that the trial of our faith is going to work patient in us. And then we have to let patience have a hope, her perfect work, that we may be perfect entire, lacking nothing. 
See why so many people are lacking something. When the Bible says we should be lacking nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sister writes to me and says, for us to rebuke the spirit of AI at work in our jobs. If there are any AI at your work, at work, rebuke the spirit of AI, she says, amen. We need to rebuke the spirit of AI that is affecting people, that using this in every almost server now, they're starting to put AI. And that's a spirit that opens the door for a spirit, sister said, for a demon, a principality, an evil spirit from the pit of hell, causing people harm one way or another. It had already thousands of jobs. It had caused people to lose thousands of jobs in the United States. I said worldwide now. It's taking people's job. AI is taking people's job. People are finding themselves right now the unemployment line. Unemployment line. Because of AI. It's a spirit. It's a demon. Sister said we need to rebuke this demon. Take authority over it. My brother and sister. Because more people will continue to lose their job. Because of AI. My brother and sister. And coming into, in, into our workplace, it's making people lose their jobs. It's affecting people. AI opens that door for that demon. Hallelujah. Paul says to the Roman, whatsoever things are written in the time past, we're written for our learning, that we through patient comfort of the scripture might have hope. That we may have hope. This word is to give us hope. My brothers, we need to be meditating on this word. As the Lord says to Joshua, day and night, meditating on it. The best thing you and I can do in the Lord to meditate on his word. That's what I like to do. Most of anything that I go through every day, I think of the word. We think about what the word says about every different things I go through. Now that God... Now the God of patience and consolation grants you the like-minded one to one another according to Christ. Like-minded is having the same mind of Christ in each and one of us. And you know that is very difficult. But with God, all things are possible. Having all the same mind is very difficult. But if we're all seeking God in our homes, in our personal life, if you take, like we have the corporate fasting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and if you join us, and if we keep doing it together, we'll be of one mind and one heart as the, the church of the book of Acts. That's what we need to be. They became a one mind and one heart, doing the work of God together, joining one another in the fasting and the sharing of the bread. That's why when the Lord is sending people up here to the mountain, to Asheville, North Carolina, it is for us to get together and share the bread. And that's why we invite one another and say, here, sister come, brother come. And we share a meal together. As the church in the book of Acts, God provides. But that, my brother and sister, it helps us to be of one mind because we're thinking about the Lord. We're here for the Lord. 
That is important. A lot of people, that is missing in their lives. But how many people can they sit down and share a meal? That's what they did in the book of Acts. And that kept the unity of the same together. Because they were being Christ-minded, like Christ. Which that's what God wants from each and one of us. Second Corinthians 6, 4, But unto all things commanding ourselves as the minister of God in much patience and affliction, necessity and distress. Notice how they were all going through something. I said this to someone. Everyone is going through something. Who can say I'm not going through anything? That's a lie. And, you, and we got to think this way. Our brothers and sisters are going through something. And if we stay praying for one another, no matter what we're going through, God is going to intervene. God is going to help us, especially when we pray for one another. Because everyone is going through something. And we don't necessarily know what our brothers and sisters are going through. But as long as we stay in praying for one another, united as much as we can, God will help us. God will intervene. God will make everyone, whatever the problem is, God will make them to help them go through it. Overcome it, because we're more than overcoming the Lord. And that's what's important. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 2 12. Truly, the signs of the apostle were brought among you in all patience, in signs and wonder, a mighty deeds. Mighty deeds. Notice how God can show his mighty work among us when we come together and we believe together. And we sanctify ourselves through fasting and prayer together in the word. As we're listening to the words, live, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with Sister Carla, Friday with Brother Body. We got four days and the rest is audio. And it's still blessing us seven days a week. Sometimes I apologize. I'm delayed to put in some of the audio. I'm busy. Then I, oh, it's 8 o'clock and I run to do it. But I understand that the audio, the message, the word, are being put here seven days a week, available. Four out of those four days, live. So if the car like cannot come on Wednesday, I'll put an audio over the body, why? But the, the message of the Lord is going on seven days for the glory of God, for lives to be a minister and save. And as long as you hear the message that we're sharing from God in the Word of God, it's all good. It's all a blessing. It will bless your life. I get messages like that, people, being blessed by audios. Blessed. And you can go back all the way to the archive and listen to them. And you'll be blessed. My brother and sister, because we share the word of God. And that's what's important. Listen to what Paul says to the, to the Colossians. one eleven. Strengthen them with all mine, according to the glorious power. And to all patience, long-suffering with joyfulness. My brother and sister, as long as we're going through something, know that whatever you and I are going through, God is with us. And God is helping us. But as the cry pertain one another, we need to be praying for one another. 
The strength comes from God. For the strength of all mind, according to his glorious power, which is the Holy Spirit. And to all patience with long suffering with joy, which comes from the Holy Spirit. Long suffering is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Joyfulness is a gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what God is doing in our lives in order to keep us ready to come home as the bride of Christ. And let me tell you that the passion of the bride of Christ is so close, people have no idea how close it is. But it's going to come as a surprise. It's going to be a sudden event as a surprise. Just as the Lord came in the midnight hour, and they heard a sound of bridegroom is coming in Matthew 25, and all the bride awakened. They have slept and slumbered, but once they heard that the Lord was coming, they awakened. They trimmed the lamp. They immediately looked for that extra oil. The foolish one has no extra oil at all, but only the oil that was in the lamp. And the oil that they had in the lamp would not be enough. It will not be enough. Because you cannot save, save, always save. Or you cannot think of not consecrating your life now and keep doing it because you did it once. It doesn't work that way. This extra oil, of, which is a consecration oil, the extra oil is a consecration oil that it was required of the priest. The greatest sample of this oil was, was shown in the Old Testament. The extra oil that the five virgins did not have. Hallelujah. And even the extra oil that the five virgins did have is shown in the Old Testament with the high priest. When the high priest did not have that extra oil and went in to do the sacrifice and thought that he was ready, and the moment he began to do the sacrifice, he went inside, he died. He was being killed instantly. Because spiritual death, spiritual death happened quickly. As physical death can also happen very quickly. And the high priest, thinking that what he had was enough, but did not have the extra oil, did not keep repenting. As he should have. He thought he was chosen. He thought he was elected. He thought he was selected. He thought he was trained to be in a high priest. He had watched his father. He had watched other leaders. And he thought that by knowledge, not preparation, he was ready. And when he went inside, not having that extra oil, which means sanctification, not sanctifying himself before God and through repentance and making sacrifice for his own sin. When he went inside to make sacrifice for the people, God had killed him instantly because that meant he did not have that extra oil. When Jesus came for his bride in Matthew 25, the five foolish virgin, like the high priest that he just killed, that they not have, they not have the extra oil. They had not had any sanctification, which is daily repenting through the Lord. That's how sanctification and righteousness come. There were two things missing in the high priest. 
It was missing sanctification, which means also righteousness, right standing with God. Spiritually, he was not right standing with God. If he was not sanctifying himself daily, my brother and sister. And so him thinking that he was elected, selected and chosen because he was the son of a high priest, he's thinking, well, all I got to do is make sacrifice for the people. And he went there and tried to make the sacrifice. God will kill him instantly. When Jesus came in the midnight hour and the five foolish virgins were not sanctified, did not have that extra oil, they stay behind. And when they cry out to the Lord, what did they hear? The Lord says, I knew you not. Because this is the daily repentance. This is sanctification, which gave us righteousness, which means right standing with God. If we're not right standing with God right now, and if Jesus comes tonight, we cannot be raptured. We cannot go home being with the Lord. Because righteousness comes from sanctification with him daily, which gives us righteousness, right standing with God. That's why Jesus said, be thou holy, because I am holy. And without holiness, no man will see the Lord. That's the fact of sanctification, daily repenting with the Lord. This is daily. You want to go home in the rapture, you need to be in daily repenting, daily sanctification. Because when you repent, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness, which is sanctification, which makes you righteous before God which means right standing with God. My brother and sister. Oh, I hope you get in it tonight. I hope you get in it in your spirit tonight. I hope you get in this in your spirit tonight because this is, this is a blessing God has given us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. First Thessalonians 1, 3. Remember without ceasing your work of faith, labor and love, patience and hope, and I love Jesus Christ in the sight of God, our Father. Hallelujah. Look, how, what, look at the other word for daily repenting. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Every time you remember the Bible, every time you remember what God said that we should do and do what God said that we should, this is without ceasing every day, labor and love, Impatient. Unless you are meditating in this word daily, you cannot labor in love. You cannot love others. Because you first have to do it yourself and apply it. Be filled with what God has for us. And then you can share it with other people. And now you have nothing to give. The problem with people that want to preach the gospel is they have nothing to give. Because if they're not walking it out, they're not walking it out. They cannot share it out to nobody. Patient and hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sight of God and our Father. So it was like the high priest who was not ready to make the sacrifice. He could have looked the, the greater leader among the people. People could have such a great respect for him. And bow when he will walk by. But in the moment he walked in there, he will be killed. So before man, he was great, but before God, he was nothing. God killed him. He was an irresponsible son, disobedient, my brother and sister. Daily repenting is a must for the church. It's a must for us. 
as in sons and daughters of God. But we may be found not worthy to escape. Hallelujah. What makes us worthy? The blood of Christ. Cleansing us daily. That's what makes us worthy. Hallelujah. Second, Second Thessalonians 1 4. So that we are still glory in you and the churches of God of your patience and faith and in all persecution and tribulation that ye endure. This is not just saying I'm a believer, but it's to show who we are through endurance. That's the way it is. If we show, if the word of God is seen in our lives through our endurance, waiting on the Lord in love and patience, then we are truly are like Christ on earth, my brother and sister. But doesn't matter what persecution and tribulation comes. And I'm not talking about the great tribulation. I'm talking about daily tribulation. Things that hurt you as a believer. Things that people use against you as a believer. That's a tribulation. Persecution are those that are coming against you without you doing them any harm. Or planning against you without you doing anything. Or having you move or run away. Which, hallelujah, happens a lot with a lot of people who are preaching. They say, get out of here, and they move to another town. Get out of here, and they move to another But they keep preaching. They don't stop preaching. We went to preach in this uh, uh, Salvation Army, in front of this Salvation Army building. I know, at one time with a group of brothers and sisters, we were sharing the gospel and calling the people out and, and talking to the people, ministering to the people, to lead people to Christ. And one of the managers came out and says, nope, you cannot do this in this property. We need you out of here. So we're sharing the word of God in peace, in love. Oh, no, no, get out of here with this. Out of, out of my property, they say. We were surprised. Because these, these places were all founded in the Bible, were founded by Christian people. Now they, no gospel can be shared about around the store, Salvation Army. My brother insisted. This this country has gotten darkened every day, every morning. I knew that this was a sign that things will be getting worse, and they have. When the gospel, sharing the gospel, the word of God in peace and love, is not allowed anymore. My brother says, "No sidewalk. What are you doing? Get out of here!" Hallelujah. You cannot share around nursing homes, even hospital. We were questioning hospital. We had to show ID because some of the family would invite us to come and pray for the people. And we came there. The person is dying. And they, they want us to get out. And I said, look, the family wanted us to come and pray for this person. A lot of the people that the Lord brought back to life or healed them would have not been healed. We would have listened to these people who said, no, hospital administrator. No, you cannot just come here and do what and do ministry. We don't allow anyone to come out of the street and do it. We we got priests here. We got people that can do this. But the people that they hire are not doing their jobs. And those that want to come and do their jobs are being stopped. My brother, it's just terrible, terrible. First Timothy 6, 11. But thou, O men of God, treat these things and follow up the righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. These are the things that as God's people we need to seek for every day. 
Whenever someone is coming against us and someone is rising to insult the other, no, 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 no. I learned that the Lord, no, 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 don't insult them. You know, you don't want to insult someone because I remember this years ago. Sometimes you, someone coming against you like the Apostle Paul coming against the church, and you insult them and call them names, whatever, then he comes to the Lord a few months after he becomes your brother or sister. How do you say to that now? You don't know who the Lord has planned to save, and they'll keep become your brothers and sisters. Think about it. You know, so don't don't be insulting people. Don't be calling people's names. Because they can become your brothers and sisters in the months to come and the days to come. And you got to love them. And you may live in heaven with them for all eternity next to you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But thou, O men of God, flee these things and follow up the righteousness, godliness, faith, and love, patient meekness. Hallelujah. You got to follow up to these things. Godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. These are fruit of the Spirit. That we as a believer must have, must seek to have in us. I was sharing with a brother Ephesians 4, where it said he took activity, character, and gave, gave them to men. And I told him I pray this a lot. I pray this verse a lot. And the Lord gives me gifts of the Spirit. What is captivity? Captivity is everything that comes against us the devil, the demon, the principality. To try to hold us back from seeking God and coming close to God. Gift in the Lord are very powerful because they have the Holy Spirit. They have the Spirit. God gives it to us. So don't be ashamed or afraid to ask for them. And the Lord. And grow in your gifting. Pray that you fast and pray that you will go and grow in your gifting. My brothers and sisters. Someone says to me, have you heard about Pat Robinson passing away last week? Yes, I heard. And they say they were talking about such a great man he was, and I say he was. But why did why did Pat Robinson was able to accomplish what he accomplished in life? Simple. God gave him a gift, and he fasted and prayed that God will use him in the gifting he had. God gave him. That's all he did. He fasted and prayed. See, it's not like I didn't ask him for more gifts, more gifts. But what Pat Robinson did is God gave him a gift to communicate the message of the Lord to other people and get them involved together for the kingdom. His gifting was to reach out to people and bring them together. And what did he do? He fasted and prayed that in the gifting that God given him, he will grow every day, every day more, every day, until his gift became so developed, and as you can say large, well-developed, that he was walking in his gifting like a daily breathing and seeing, my brother and sister. A daily thing, part of his life. So everything he did about the ministry, because he he was going in his gift that God gave him, it was working for him until the day he died. And people look back to his ministry and say how 
great ministry he has where he reached out to millions of people. Well, he, he God gave him a gift and he grew in it. That's what it was. That's Ephesians 4. When God gives you the gifts, now you got to pray and fast and you will grow in your gifts. Because a lot of people have gifts, but they're small. Gifts, but they're small. They're not growing in it. My brothers and sisters, you can probably tell me how many gifts you have. Another thing is, do you know what gifts you have? Have you prayed to the Lord to reveal to you your gifting from God? Because God gives gifts to each and one of us. My brother and sister. And it's important that you seek from the Lord what gifts you have. And then that you fast and pray to go grow in your gifts. And your gifting in the Lord. And then when you do, you're going to find out that you will be a very useful useful tool in the hand of God. That's what Paul, Paul Robinson was, a tool that God used in the last days. And God used him well on what he did. And God can do this with anyone who comes to him and grow on their gifts. That's it. It's simple as that. Simple as that. My brother and sister, the gifts of the Spirit are so powerful. Second Timothy 3.10, But thou hast fully known doctrine, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, and charity, and patience. How can Paul talk this way to Timothy, a young man? Timothy worked close to the Apostle Paul in the ministry for years, looking after him as a father. And Paul says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine. Manners of life, purpose of faith, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Paul had grown in what he did in the Lord, in his gifting, to the point where people think that in the Old Testament, he was a greater apostle, even greater than John. Because he founded most of the churches in Christ through all these throughout Asia, he reached out to so many churches in Rome, Asia, in so many places. My brother and sister, he started all this. God used him for all this because the apostle Paul looked faster and pray. He grew in his gifting, and he didn't focus on if Peter was better than him or if John was better than none of that. Because you don't focus on how great people God is using other people. You just know that God is using other people, but you want God to use you in your gifting. And you want to grow in it every day. You want to fast and pray that you're growing your gifting. And then when you say someone is being used by God so mightily, so powerful, just know that it's only that person is only flowing in the gifting of God on their life. That's it. The person... I met a pastor a couple of years ago who came to visit me before I moved to this address in Hendersonville. And he came, I believe, was from Texas. He was sharing with me. And God was using him mightily in his gifting. And when the leader saw how God was using him in Texas, they wanted to open this church here in North Carolina for him. And they sat down with him, and they sent him to North Carolina. They pray about it. And here, his church, I believe, has more than 400 people already. 
all being put together in, one, in less than one year. After he he had this gifting to, to to put people together, leaders, and say, all right, let's go to work. And this is how we're going to work. And he had this gift of being able to put people together, set people down, put them together, and say, this is how we're going to work, and write everything down, how they're going to work, like a, like a script for a movie. And say you do this, you do that, you do you focus on doing this, you fast and pray doing this, you fast and pray doing that. And he gives each other people a script on what they need to do, pray and fast about, and then he'll pray and fast together with them. And he started small and his church is growing larger. Where other pastor did not grow in the past, he is growing abundantly. But he's only he's only walking his gifts. He's only doing God gift to him in that area, and he is growing in it. He's fasting and praying in it, and people are being touched left to right. It's his gifting, and he's growing in it mightily. And this is kind of like the Apostle Paul. God gave him a gift, or more than one. And he used it for the glory of God. He fasted and prayed to be used by God. My brothers and sisters. And the power of God flowed through him. And so many people were being touched. My brothers and sisters in a special way. So the Apostle Paul. Titus 2.2. That the older man be sober. Serious. Temper. Sound in faith. Charity and impatience. I was sharing to someone. The reason why we keep we need to keep ourselves for the Lord and not and, and don't commit adultery in example. First of all, the, the those that commit adultery, the Bible says that God will judge them. It's a serious sin. And I was sharing with this person yesterday that once you commit adultery, your ministry comes down. You have no ministry. Once you commit adultery, because how are people going to trust you in ministry? And then from that, it will be very difficult to rise again. Yes, people can fall and rise again. But what I'm saying is, once a serious sins like this happen and, and the minister becomes public, the sins become public, it will be very difficult for that person to rise. They can rise. God can do anything. But it's important that we keep ourselves to God, that all the men must be sober, serious, temperate, sound in faith, and charity and patience. And this is part of the ministry, given to the poor. Charity is given to the poor, which is also love. Love and charity go hand to hand. you got to give. God gave in love and charity to us and patience. Notice how that when you give, you need to be patient because God will reward you, my brothers and sisters. It's better than putting your, mo- your money in Bitcoin and you a stock or anything. God will give you 100% full of everything you give to his kingdom. I, I had always encouraged people years ago to, to give to this ministry because we pray to those that give. I haven't asked this for months and years for people to continue to support the ministry because we support the poor in Israel. I haven't asked. I don't want people to think I'm here to ask people for, for money. It's not about that. It's never been about that. But it's important that we understand that if we give tithes and offering, 
especially to this ministry. You support the gospel, and you also support the poor in Israel. And I'm sure 100% God will bless you. Because there have been many people who have supported this program who, who are blessed. One way I know is they still got their own jobs when other people are being laid off or fired. My brother and sister, God will provide. I remember saying this to a sister years ago who had a small business. She always had problems in the month of summer, June, July. My brother and sister especially. Has been in what we so slow she didn't have enough to pay her bill. And I say, if you start giving to this ministry, you know, God will sustain you. And she began and she went through June, July, having still having the best income of her business. And never was like that before. And she shared it and said, Brother, wow, God is faithful. And that's, that's the foundation I'm talking about. You want to have a solid foundation of the Lord. As long as you support God's work, which you're supporting the poor also, as you support this ministry, you are planting in the kingdom of God in a golden foundation that has no endless provision. God has no endless provision. And then you can claim and declare and proclaim for God to bless you and provide, and God will do so. But you first need to be obedient. See, people like to do it the other the other way. They want to ask God for this and that, but they have not been obedient. If you see King Hezekiah, when I say I went to tell him that he was about to die, what did the king pray? How faithful he been to God. See, he already been given to God faithfully. He has been faithful to God before. So when Isaiah comes with the prophecy that he was going to die, Isaiah leave and the king turns to the wall and begins to pray. God, you know I've been faithful to you. If he was a liar, God would have said, oh, no, wait a minute. You liar. No. He proclaimed what he has done to the Lord. And God sends Isaiah to send him back and say, God, Say, so go tell him I'm extending his ears. I imagine the prophet, wait a minute, then you told me he was going to die. God tell him, go back, I'm extending your ears. Your blessing will come for sure. But you have to have a foundation. What's your foundation? You already have to be given to the kingdom. In order for you to pray, God, I've been faithful in my tithes and offering. Now I ask you to give me this house, this car, this that I need. And God will do so if you have. Because you have a foundation. A lot of people are asking God without a foundation. This doesn't work that way. You got to go go back into the word. King Hezekiah prayed on how faithful he's been to God. He had a foundation in order for him to pray. In which God can say, yeah, you have, you've been faithful. You're true. Yeah, yeah. God tell King Hezekiah, I'm extending his ears. My brother and sister. God to have a foundation. Jesus talked about the seed planted in the field, especially the seed of faith. It's the smallest seeds of, seeds of all. But once it's planted into the field, it will grow to be the largest tree. Every time you, you, you sow your seed in the Lord, in the kingdom of God, it's going to grow to be the largest blessing in the kingdom. 
And God, but you, you, then you want to pray. You want to ask. You need to have a foundation. Your seed has already been planted. It's like you asking God to rain water over the seed that you planted. You plant, you plant your seed. God brings the water upon the seed. God makes it rain. You're asking God for a rain without planting a seed. That's what a lot of people are praying. Another example. A lot of people are going into prayer and fasting and say, God, provide me this, provide me that. But they're not faithful in the tithes and offering. They're not planting a seed. They're asking for rain without a seed. What is it going to grow? Grass? Grass is not going to feed you. If you want to eat in the Lord, you got to plant your seed. And then you pray, and God will send you the water. Oh, I, th- I hope God is speaking to someone tonight. I hope God is speaking to someone tonight. You probably never heard it this way. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 6, 12. That ye be not slothful, but follower of those who brought faith and patience in the inheritance of the promise. Notice how it is with faith and patience. Notice how you cannot separate the one from the other. Well, a lot of people do it today. A lot of people separate the both. And they cannot be. Again, that ye may not be slothful for followers are those who brought that who through faith and patience inherit the promise. How do other people got to heaven? How do other believers are called redeeming heaven today? They were not slothful. They were followers of those who brought of those who through uh, who brought faith and patience through faith and patience, they believe what they taught them, what they preach. In other words, they listen to men and women of God. They follow through patience and inherit the promise into heaven. That's the promise. But also the promise that God has made to us, because there are many promises in the Bible, promise to heal, promise to prosper us. Amen? Promise to increase us. There's so many promises. My brother and sister. But God uses someone to preach it, to tell it to us. I believe my, the, the word that God gave me passed and God blessed me through it. I grow spiritually through it. Now God's using me in the same form. Who through faith and patience inherit the promise. There are many promises that God wants you to inherit. My brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Hebrew 10.36, but ye have neither patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye may receive the promise. Notice how he said that ye have need. A need. A need is not a want, I explain to people. You may ask God for what you want, and usually God gives you what you need. So you have a lot of people praying for what they want. And they don't necessarily got to answer them according to what they want. God usually answers them according to their needs. Again, for ye have need of patience. Hallelujah. That after ye have done the will of God, ye may receive the promise. Notice how we need patience. <coughs> Brother Elvis, that's not what I need. God said, you need patience. 
But Brother Elby, I need a bigger house, all this, all that. And God said, you need patience. See, Jesus always said, or Jesus said, Father, not my will. He taught us that, but thy will be done. So we have to have the same attitude, that we don't know exactly what we need unless God reveals it to us. Let's say you're asking God for something. And you say, God, will you show me what I need? And all this, and God will show you. God can give you a dream or vision. And then you exactly know what you need. But usually that's not the way it is. Usually we ask, as the word of God says, ask and that shall receive. We pray for the things that we want. But we never think about the things that we need necessarily. You know? It's like, you may need a Camry, a Toyota Camry. But then you probably want a Corvette. And God said, no, my daughter, no, my son. You can go to work daily with a Camry. They're very reliable cars. You know, I can give you many, many miles. But God, I love Corvette. I really want to get there fast. And God said, all you need is a Camry. Are you asking God for a Corvette? And then someone might even give you a Camry, right? It's not going to make you the happier But it's exactly what you need An example My brothers and sisters And God gives you a way of transportation to get there God may give you, make it easier for you even to take the bus Because God wants you to minister to other people It happens to me many years ago I wanted to have a car, I remember but it was a time when God wanted me to take the bus to work because in the bus, as people said this to me, I began to share the gospel with them and share the gospel with them. Then I find myself teaching the word of God to all the people in the bus. Imagine if I had a card at that moment when God wanted me, I wanted to go to work. And I said, well, I need a card. I was my thing. I want a card. But God said, no, you don't need a car yet. All you need is a way to transportation to your, to your job. So I will have to take the bus every day for 45 minutes. So I have to well, get up earlier, pray, and take the bus to work. You know, but here's the thing. When I took the bus to work all the time, I was never late for work. Because the bus will leave me next to my job, I believe it was 25 for 30 minutes before I started work. I had plenty of time to get into my work earlier. After later, years later, after God provided me with a car, saving money and bought a car, there were times that I went to work late. All the year that I took the bus to go to work, I will always wear there early. By the time I got my own car, there was a few times that I was late. Notice that God gives you what you need, not necessarily what you want. But when you begin to be unfaithful, then God grants the petition of your heart, which I want to have a car so I don't have to get, so, get up so early to take the bus. And God granted it in time. It took me a year or two, or a little over two years, to have a car. But God was faithful. God provided me with a car. My brother existed, but it was all in his timing. But I was learning through it 
Then I missed ministering to the people on the bus that already knew me and were sitting next to me to listen to what I had to share from the Bible. Because now I had a car and it was e- it was easier, made it easier for me to get to work. I missed sharing the gospel. God help us. If God leaves everything up to us, everyone on this earth will go to hell, my brother and sister. That's why God is in control, not us. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, seeing we are also so compassed about by so great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every way of the sins which that easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Hallelujah. How many, how many of us want to get to heaven already? Many of us want to already get to heaven. But God has been doing this in his timing to get us ready and for surely to get us there. God's ways will get us there 100%. Our way will make it shaking, shaky. In other words, if we think that we can get there in our own strength, in our own way, we're going to fail. But the way of the Lord, waiting upon the Lord, trusting the Lord with all of thy heart, not leaning on our own understanding, God's going to get us there for Christ Jesus, my brother and sister. James 1, 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work in patience. It will work patient in us. Or patient will be worked by God as long as our faith are being tried. But our faith must be tried. This is the part that believers don't like. Why do I need to be going to this trial all the time? Why is God always putting us to trial? Because then we don't have enough patience. How many can say, I'm waiting on God in the rapture? Let it be done in his timing and his will. Am I in no rush? Very few people can say that. Some people, oh, I just want the Lord to come. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of all these things. I just want to go home. God is still working patient in us. James 1.4. But let's patient have a perfect work that you may be perfect entire, lacking nothing. I don't, mean, I don't know how many of us are without lacking anything. But we truly are. Someone said this, not long ago I heard someone say, you know, we lack nothing. And I listened to the person. And it's true. We lack nothing. In humility, you can understand that. We lack nothing, my brother and sister. Someone said to me years ago, how can you say you lack nothing, brother Obi? You don't have a half a million dollar house yet. You don't have this. You don't have that. But I have what I need. I may not have what I want yet, but I have what I need. Start looking at God's prosperity if you have enough $5 million, $50 million house. Because that's not all God's prosperity. That's only part of it. It's having a true spiritual life for God. Walking in obedience where God can come any day, Jesus can come any day and take us home. If we're not ready for the rapture any day, if we're not ready to be going home any day, we're not ready. 
were lacking something. My brother and sister. And the Bible says lacking nothing. James 5a. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the house of men waited for the precious fruit of the earth. And had long patience for it. So he received the early and latter rain. This is hard for us, and the Lord knows, but every day the Lord's working with us. We're waiting for the latter rain. There's been an early rain already in the Pentecost 2,000 years ago. That was the early rain if we want to talk about according to the coming of the Lord. Because that's what it begins with. So be patient there, brother, until the coming of the Lord. So the early rain was Pentecost. The latter rain is the revival. The Lord says to me that we are chosen for the revival. We're going to get a glorified body, and we're going to go out to evangelize people in the revival. We've been chosen, elected, selected for this. But we are told to be impatient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth. Who is the husbandman? The Lord. He is waiting for the precious fruit. Who are the precious fruit? Us. I told you that we are precious in the hand of God. We are the precious fruit. But also those that are coming into the kingdom every day. Until the door is shut completely. They are precious fruit of the Lord. Precious child of God. They're precious to him. That's why people don't understand why the rapture has not happened yet. Because God is bringing into Christ his precious children. They are so precious that time is, is hold. Time is paused right now. And sometimes it's backward or stop. My brother and sister. I have long patience for it. So he received the early and latter rain. I want us to be patient for the revival. That is coming. Yes, it's close to come. Yes, Father say he will not be granted more time. That means that it's imminent. When God says he's not granting no more time, that means that the, the three days of darkness, judgment, three days of darkness, and revival. Well, during the three days of darkness, we get a glorified Bible. Body, I'm sorry. And revival. Revival. Last rain. It's imminent. Imminent. Because no more time will be granted, Father says. So it's imminent. So it is a lot of rain. And God keeps saying through his prophet about the lot of rain, the lot of rain, the lot of rain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's getting us ready for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sister, put a word today. Let me see if I can. Hallelujah. It's a prophetic word. Delivery of the sons of God, Sister Shirley. Hallelujah. Delivery of the sons of God. He's given us a liberty. Hallelujah. Which is revival. It's revival. My brother and sister, that is about to begin. It's about to commence. God is getting us ready for the great move of God that this earth has seen greater than the day of Pentecost. 
God is about to put his spirit upon our flesh. My brother and sister. He's about to put his spirit upon our flesh. And people are about to experience a move of God that had not been seen on this earth for I would say the garden, but I believe this is this this great this move is greater. This earth had not seen this move of God. My brother and sister, this light that will shine upon this earth temporarily. It's going to lead people going into the great tribulation, great memory of this move of God, that people will be willing to die. I heard the word, the word of God a few days ago saying, he was saying to me that these children are his that will be staying behind. If they, if they choose to ask him, to protect them, to lead them, to guide them. I heard God says, I will protect them. I will lead them. I will deliver them. Hallelujah. I will be there for them. He's not disregarding these that are going to the great tribulations. They're about to find out the hardest, that are going to go through the hardest time in whole humanity. Like it never been before, like it'll never be again, Jesus said. Such a great revelation in Matthew 24. And Father spoke this word to me. As I was seeing brothers and sisters who stay behind, my brother and sister, in the most difficult timing. But God said that if they call upon him, if they ask them for help, he said he will help them, he will deliver them, he will protect them because it's going to take God again. It always takes him for them to be, for anyone to be protected fully, covered fully. And God is willing to do so for them. My brother, my sister, God has seen the pain and suffering of those that gone through COVID and have rejected COVID. Those that have chosen to keep themselves for them. Hallelujah. Because many have gone through a lot. A lot of suffering. My brothers and sisters. And this one patient that Jesus talks about in Revelation 3, I believe. Hallelujah. There is an hour coming. My brothers and sisters. There's an hour coming. Thank the Lord. That is going to be very difficult. Jesus said in Revelation 3.10, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. There are things like COVID-19 that came upon the world. And God have allowed it. But God says that if we keep the word of his patience, the gospel, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world. 
to try them that dwell upon the earth. It is just a trial that God is allowing. But they're going to have to keep themselves for God. That is the great testing coming. The bride of Christ is going home, but those staying behind are going to be tested. Try. And they're going to have to be faithful. They might not have been faithful until now, but they're going to have to be faithful in the great tribulation. My brother and sister, he that lead into captivity should go into captivity. He that killed with the sword might be killed with the sword. He that is patient, he is the patient in the, in the faith of the saints. They must be patient. In other words, since they have refused to God to work patient in them now, when the great tribulation comes, God's going to work patient into them. Even when they are taken into captivity, being imprisoned by China and Russia, going, taking prison into FEMA camps and prisons in the United States and around the world, and be killed by the sword. Demons will be killing people by, with swords. He is the patient on the faith of the saint. Notice how this try is going to be very hard and difficult. But the Lord has promised he will deliver them from the temptation which shall come upon the world. My brother and sister, he is the patient of the saints. He or they that keep the commandment of God in the faith of Jesus. This is what will be required of them that stay behind the great revelation. Notice how similar it is to, the, to our calling, our testing, our patience. We know we have to do this daily. We have to repent daily. But those that stay behind will have to be the same in a much difficult timing. My brother and sister, that's why obedience is better than sacrifice. To the church, God said, I know thy work, thy labor, and thy patience. I know how thou cannot bear them that are evil. How thou hast tried them that say they are apostles and they are not, and hast found them liars. Isn't that what the church keeps saying on television and radio today, calling these people that are liars, pretending to be men and women of God? My brother and sister, he says, uh, has born and has patience. For my name's sake, and has labored and has not fainted. The church might, may look weak to people, but one thing about the church of Christ is it has not fainted. Has not fainted. Hallelujah. Has not fainted. At all. And to knowledge and to temper and to tem- temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, Peter says. It's not easy. Hallelujah. But it's the way we all need to be intended or tested. Marvel insisted. We need to be patient in order to be impatient of God. Hallelujah. Rejoicing in the hope, says Paul. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Instant. At the moment, you need prayer, you pray. You seek God. 
You know, like people say, you turn your face to, 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 the, to the floor, to the war in prayer. Or pray laying down. Brother Tony was with me. We stayed together in the same room. I said, brother, let's pray. And we went into prayer together. And this is the testing. While in the hotel we were staying in, a Super 8, Brother Tony and I were staying together in different beds, but we were in prayer. And there was a, like a fire going on in another part of the hotel. And the fire department was coming very loud in New Jersey. And Brother Tony looked at me and looked at him. We continued to pray. Because we were like half an hour into prayer. And, and, and all of a sudden, like the building is burning down. So what do you do at that moment? Do you stop praying and run out the door? Because a lot of people were running out the door. We didn't do that. We stay in prayer. My brother and sister, we stay in prayer. Because that's just how the devil can get people out of prayer. Where, where an emergency fire, an example, which was not in a fire, maybe someone found the alarm or someone was cooking and let the smoke go into the alarm sensor and trigger the alarm. But, see, we were in prayer. And at that very moment you were in prayer, the prayer is important. You need to you need to understand how important your prayer it is. That when you are in it, you tell your family, and you're in it, don't be coming out of prayer easily. Don't let anyone bring you out of prayer easily. Do whatever you can to stay in prayer. Because the enemy will try anything to get you out of prayer. Why Why is it that Satan, his kingdom, wants to get believers out of prayer? Because he knows how powerful prayer is. He knows that God hears the prayer of the saints. And that as long as people are praying, God will fight for them. They're calling God down to fight for them. They're depending on God. They're trusting on God. They're in communication with God. And the devil knows that is fatal to his kingdom. Fatal. He can never win as long as people can pray. So the people, let's pray for Donald Trump. I don't know how many are praying for Donald Trump. A lot of people agree that we should not pray for Donald Trump. The Lord told me to pray for Trump. We need to pray for Trump. Lord, keep Trump. How to deliver him from all these cases in Jesus' name. It's important we pray because that's what's going to make bring changes. That's what God's going to use to bring changes, the prayer of the saints. My brother and sister, understand how powerful prayer it is. It's never too late to pray. Never too late to pray, to intercede. Intercede, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 41, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and hear my cry. If you need to cry, cry out to him. Express us your fear to the Lord. Express your pain. Express your suffering. Let him know how you feel, what you're going through. Cry out to him. Pray. Intercede before him. He will always help you. He will always be there for you. He will open the door. But no, I think his timing, not yours. Don't get mad at God when you ask God for something he doesn't give it to you. Shalom, Brother Joseph. Say, Father, not my will, thy will be done. 
my brothers and sisters. Learn to depend and trust in the Lord. Ecclesiastes 7 8. Better is the end of our things than the beginning thereof, and patience and spirit is better than the proud in spirit. And a lot of people think it's the opposite on the earth today. Instead of the proud in spirit being last, they're first. And those that are meek in spirit, that are praying to the Lord, that are seeking to the Lord for the things they, they need. That God wants them to pray and seek them and trust them. With their job, with people, with anyone. We're praying. We're interceding. Ministry, life, soul to being saved. And that is meek. That is humility in the Lord. It's better. It's the end of our things at the beginning thereof. And patience in the spirit better than the proud spirit. Hallelujah. This end is better than the beginning. Because Adam and Eve were not looking for a new Jerusalem, a new earth, and eternally with Christ. Because they already had it. They already were in the presence of God. We are looking forward to it. In this end time, it's better an end of things than the beginning thereof. This time that we're about to come in, it's better than, it will be better than the garden of Adam and Eve. The new earth is going to be better than the garden. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Patient spirit is better than the proud spirit. Understand that. It's a blessing to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Romans 2, 7, to those who by patience continue and well-doing seek for glory, honor, immortality, and eternal life. Look what the patience that God is working in us, each one of us, who are seeking him daily, repenting daily. To those by patience, continuously and well-doing, seek for the glory and honor and eternal life. Eternal life is our prize in the Lord. Immortality, a glorified body, is our prize in the Lord. For waiting in his patience. Continuance in well doing. Continuance in daily repenting. And doing the work of the Lord. God will give us honor. Immortality. Eternal life. All in Christ. God is giving us a total package. A blessing in Christ. That we're going to receive through patience. So those who by patience continues. You need to continue. And when you continue, you know you're doing that impatient. Because if not, you already have quit it. It's easy for people to quit. But it's going to take your, your love for God to continue. Be from your heart. It's going to take for you to continue. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God has greater things than this earth for you and I. You need to understand that. That what God has is eternal life in Christ Jesus. As we endure and persevere. 12, 12 Roman. Rejoicing in the whole patient and tribulation. Continue instant in prayer. I love that word instant. Hallelujah. Got to continue. Got to continue. Instant prayer if you have to. Got to learn to say let's pray. Let's seek the Lord about this. 
Can we hold hand and pray? Let's pray about this. Let's come together in agreement about this. You know, and when you learn to do that, it will you will grow impatient. 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 Because every time you pray, you're saying to God, I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm hoping for your for your blessing. I'm hoping for your answer. I know you would answer me. Every time you pray, you are humbling yourself. You are trusting in the Lord. You will know thy heart not leaning on your own understanding. So you got to practice this every day. In every muscle in your heart, every muscle in your mind and your whole being is being trained to trusting, to being patient, to being loving, to endure, and to persevere. How is it that some people can easily, easily weigh in the Lord, wait upon the Lord, easily trust the Lord, fast and pray, and not worry about anything? It takes practice in the Lord. Every muscle in your heart, in your mind, and you and your being get tra- gets trained every day as you practice and pray and fasting to seek the Lord, to hope the Lord, to hope in the Lord, to believe in the Lord, to you practice faith. And every time your faith becomes stronger in the Lord. But you gotta must practice. You gotta continuously, hallelujah, continue in an instant prayer. You prayed about everything. Paul says, pray without ceasing. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. It's a practice you and I do daily. And that will make us stronger in the Lord and in the power of his mind. It's important. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5, 14. We, now we exhort you, brethren, one, those who are unruly. Unruly is someone that's not rooted in the Lord as they should. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient to all men, all men. You know, we need to learn to be impatient with all men. Why is this? Because you make people that are sinners, that are wicked and evil, can make us angry. If we learn to be impatient, we need to understand that the same person, if they die, can go to the pit of hell. So the only chance that person has, and if we can pray for them and show them love, show them any different, that they can see the mercy of God in us, and that they may have the opportunity to repent and be safe. This is why Jesus, when he was carrying the cross to, to being killed, being crucified, did not open his mouth, Isaiah said, did not utter any wicked word against the people that were coming against him. Why? Because he was expecting all those people, men and women that were coming against him, to have a chance of being saved. If he declare a word of condemnation over their lives for what they were doing, which a lot of people agree that that would have been fair or justice, Jesus did not do so to give those people the chance of being saved. If he would have declared death upon their life, they would have all died and gone to hell. None of them would have been saved. But he knew this. He knew very well that the only chance those people had of being saved it was him. It's always been him. It's always been about him. 
He's the only way to the Father, through and the life. No man come to the Father, said through him. So the only opportunity of salvation they have was Christ. So he has to have, he has to be patient and believe God. Believe that God can save them through Christ. He could save them through Christ. Give them the opportunity. Even the men on the cross who took the spear and opened the side of Jesus and blood and water came down. And one of them said, what did he say right at the very moment? He was truly the son of God. See, Spiritual eyes was open, and he began to repent at that very moment. He began to get his life right with God at the very moment he opens the Lord's sight. Fulfill what the prophets had said, but then he became saved. Through the wickedness he did, God did not count the wickedness he did as sin, but God had mercy to save him. Because Christ did not declare any bad word against them, any curse. My brother and sister, you see, you have to be patient. You and I have to be patient with people, even with bad sinners, even with wicked men and women. We need to be patient. Because if, if, you, if you get taken to hell, if you get taken to the bottom of hell, and you saw a man, I say, saw in the middle of a fire, Screaming to the top of his lung. I never thought possible a man can scream so loud. He was screaming in hell. In the middle of a pot of fire. And wish he could not get himself out. Or no demon or principality could get him out. Demon cannot even come so close to the fire he's in. He's right in the middle of the fire being consumed all time. Because of his sin and wickedness on the earth. That he practiced. Think about all humanity now. Ending up in hell and in the lake of fire for the same sin and wickedness. And which the only chance for Christ is. God using his church to be patient and loving with humanity. In order for some to be unsafe. It's the only chance they have. Father said this to me. I am the la- you are the last messenger I sent into them. My brother and sister, there are people that God is sending us to, that we are the last opportunity God, as Father spoke this to me twice, in heaven and the other day. Well, twice in heaven. My brother and sister, he says, you are the last prophet I'm sending to them. And that made me think what Father and Father said this to me. Wow. Oh, glory be to him, nothing to me and anybody else. We, church, are the last opportunity God has given to humanity. Last, the last of the last. There will not be others but us because time is over. Time has been over for a while and is finally coming to conclusion. This part of the book is going to be sealed soon. My brother and sister, this life will be sealed the old things have passed away, sealed, sealed completely. There will be no memory of it anymore. There will be no memory of those thrown into the lake of fire, into hell in the lake of fire. No memory of them at all. 
No books that they ever wrote on this earth that have their thoughts in mind and, and, and all their life's experience. They will all be burning like a fire. Nothing. Even if there's a play with their name on it, it will be consumed by the fire. All the elements will melt. Elements are all the foundation. They will all be melt. I didn't even know that the face of the sea and anything are going to be burned by fire. When I read that in the Bible, I like, wow. Because I was thinking about that. What about the face of the sea? It will all be consumed by fire. And there will be no memory of it. In the new earth, there will be new fish and new everything. And the new earth is already made full of fish. And the outer sea, there will be no sea in the middle of the land like it is here now. The sea is going to be way outside. And the land, there will be no sea. My brother insisted. All things are made new, Jesus said. New earth and new heaven. Where the old have passed away. Everything will be new. Our mind will be new. Our thoughts are going to be new. You and I will not remember this life. We will only remember, and I know this because I was taken into the millennium the other day. And the Lord showed me me in my glorified body, thinking as I was in, in the new life in my glorified body. I was in the new earth. I was in my glorified body. I was walking in talking with my brothers and sisters from here of the Lord's hour that made it to the millennium. Some, I'm going to tell you this because the Lord showed me this. I had not said this before on the Lord's hour. But the time is here. Some that are coming home in the rapture with me, some are coming down to the millennium. Not all. Jesus made this very clear. My son, not all coming home in the rapture are coming to the millennium. I remember when he, he made me make sure to say it. Because some people got sad. Some people thought they were going home in the rapture. They're going to come down to the new earth. No. Not all. The Lord made it. Jesus said to me very clear, not all. That are going up or coming down is what he said to me. Very clear. And the Lord showed me in the millennium. A few of those. Well. I would say most of those that went into the brothers and sisters. That had even listened to me. On the Lord's Tower. That stayed behind the great tribulation. I saw them in the millennium. People that I can name. But I will not say any name. I see in their faces. I know their names. Stay behind the great tribulation. They stay behind. I'm trying to encourage people to go home in the rapture. But the Lord showed me people already that are listeners, followers of the Lord's hour, that will stay behind the great tribulation. But I saw the faithfulness of the Lord bringing them into the millennium. My brother and sister. Remember, we don't make people do anything. It's all the Lord. It's by grace that we are saved. The Lord says, we don't force people to fast and pray. It's up to them with God. We encourage people. We lead people to Christ. We share what the Lord has to say because the lights are being prepared. But it's their choice whether they want to stay behind or go home in the rapture. If they want to go home in the rapture, they're looking, they're consecrating themselves. 
If they're not consecrated and sell, they will have to stay in the Great Tribulation. The one that go home in the rapture, they're seeking righteousness, right standing with God daily, fasting and praying. If they're not doing so, they're not looking forward to going home. So if they stay behind, it's no one's fault but their own. They cannot blame anyone. They cannot blame me. It's their own choice. Because it's personal relationship with God. My brother and sister. Time is short. It is practically over. Before the shofar, the trumpet sound, and the church is in heaven. So they show me, and I was sharing with them, I have my new mind. I cannot remember anything back here. I can only remember that I walk with God here. And now I was in the new earth with God and my brothers and sisters. And in there I saw them. They came in from the great tribulation. After we had come from heaven, the bride, those that are coming down to the millennium, those that came out of the great tribulation came in. Into the new earth, were brought into the new earth. And we were together as one body in Christ. My brother and sister. It was awesome. It was it was wow. But everything that God had made, that God had promised, is coming to pass every day. Nothing to be added and be taken away. But it's all here. And the place is that surely then I pray uh, another audio, my brother and sister. I hope Sister Carla will join us tomorrow. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining me once again on my YouTube and Rumble channels. Today is June the 13th of 2023, and I'd like to share another word with you from the Lord today. In this word today, the Lord is telling us that a time of tribulation is coming. But for those of us who have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is good news. I hope this word will bless you as you hear it today. It is titled, Liberty of the Sons of God. I'll begin by reading scripture. Acts 1 verses 28 through 32. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone, everywhere, to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he proved to everyone who this is, by raising him from the dead. This scripture passage tells us 
that a time of judgment is coming, that the Lord will judge the world with his justice. Revelation 3, verses 10 through 12. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. This scripture passage too is warning us of a time of testing everyone in the world and telling us that those who have remained faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ will be victorious and that they will be citizens of the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Romans 8 verses 28 through 30 And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. This scripture reference is telling us that those who belong to the Lord are the firstborn among many of the sons of God. They have been conformed to the image of the Son as children of God, brothers and sisters of Christ. These are ones who will be justified and glorified with the Son. I'll begin reading this word. In this day, a sound is going forth from the throne room of God. The rumblings in the heavenlies are those of war. Soon there shall be great tribulation as never before, for nation shall rise against nation, and the sound of war shall be heard throughout the land. Give attention to the voice of the Spirit. Take heed to what the Spirit is saying, for today is a day of preparation for the tribulation that is to come. Drink deeply from the wells of salvation. Receive the water of life, for it will sustain you through the hour of trial that is coming. The whole earth will experience the judgment of God, and to those who are disobedient, God's wrath. 
turn your gaze upward and call upon the name of the Lord while he may yet be found. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the day of the coming of the Lord, and the day of your release is at hand. You shall be released to dance before your king. You shall be released from the chains that have bound you, the ropes that have tied you down and prevented you from going forth in the power of my spirit shall be severed and you shall be cut loose, says the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Savior, for in this hour you shall see the salvation of your God. Bring every burden and sorrow to your heavenly Father. He knows your pain and suffering, and he is able and willing to bring healing. Bring every fear to him, and he will release you from it, and give you faith that all things are in his hands, and there is nothing that he is unable to do. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Times of refreshing are here for those who seek the Lord. Winds of change are blowing, and the fresh breeze is moving my people along in the will of God, bringing them out of bondage and into the liberty of the sons of God. This is the will of the Father, that the sons of God be revealed in this day, that they are raised up to do great exploits for their king. Hear the sound of the Lord's coming. The music is playing and the dance goes on as the redeemed of the earth stream into Zion, the chosen place, the place of liberty and rejoicing in her God. And the dance will continue till the full number of the sons of God is in. The doors are open and they are filing in. A procession dancing and singing and praising God, entering the kingdom of God, taking their place in the great household of God. Rejoice, O people, for your king is coming, and with him is your reward, for he will give to each one according to what he has done. His justice shall be executed to the nations, and he will rule with an iron scepter in all authority. For all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. In this word today, the Lord is telling us that great tribulation is coming. A time of testing to test everyone who lives upon the earth and that it is a time of preparation for these things. The Lord is encouraging anyone who has been disobedient to repent of their sins and turn to God while there is still time. The Lord's heart is to set the captives free and to give abundant life to those who belong to him.
He wants us to know that he is bringing his people into the liberty of the sons of God. That while the world is being judged, the Lord is justifying those who are his, establishing us as pillars in the temple of God. The Lord has his hand of protection upon those who love him, and they will be spared from the wrath of God and from the tribulation that is coming. May we all have our eyes on Jesus, the one who has saved us and called us for his purposes. I hope this word today will encourage you that the future of those who trust in the Lord is great. The tribulation will not touch us and instead we will be glorified as the sons of God. May the Lord bless and encourage his people in this day. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Hallelujah for his love, for his mercy that endure forever. Shalom, shalom, my brother, my sister. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. Praise you, mighty Lord. Praise you, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. What an awesome, awesome God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. I hope you love the intro tonight. Praise you, Lord. We, we hallelujah, have made it thinking about, hallelujah, how, how close the coming of the Lord is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I, I, I've been taken to heaven, and the Lord has spoken with me. Hallelujah. This week, praise you, Lord. I don't know how many of you joined Sister Carla this past Wednesday, because Wednesday morning, the Lord surprised me by taking me to heaven, my brother and sister, close to what the wedding celebration is. And I tell you, it, it was a surprise, but it was an awesome surprise. I thank the Lord. I've been praying for weeks for this and waiting on the Lord. Hallelujah. Patiently. Thank you, Lord, and I thank him for this. I got two experiences to share tonight. And for those that missed the service on Wednesday, I came on Sister Carla program, and I asked if I was allowed to share on the program. And they said, okay, if I was allowed to join. And, and I thank the Lord they allowed me to because the word, Shalom Sister Luna, was so urgent to be shared, my brother and sister. Jesus is returning for his bride. They have made her still ready. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Then the Lord visited me again and talked to me about the three days of darkness. For more than just talks, he showed me what will be unfolding soon upon the world. I, I would say upon the world, but mostly upon this nation because he was showing me this nation and the things that are about to unfold. My brother insisted, I will give you details as much as I can. Praise you, Lord. But I tell you this, hallelujah, not much is left. My brother and sister, challenge Ezra. Hallelujah, not much is left, I tell you. And so, praise you, Lord, whatever days 
or months we had left. We thank the Lord for them. Hallelujah. The bride of Christ soon will departure from this earth. Hallelujah. Everything left, uh, the three judgments that can happen in a single day, in a single night, and the revival that can happen so quickly also. I think that the, the revival will take longer than, than the three judgments the Lord has shown me. The earthquake in California, the eastern tsunami, and the wood in Israel. These things are going to happen so quickly. People will be stunned. They will be sitting as they hear it on the news. My brother and sister, thank you. We've waited this for months and maybe years, and it's already happened. It's going to be quickly, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But the, the focus is on Jesus. That is what we need to be focused, my brother and sister. Amen. The Lord is showing me his army in heaven. And that the order has been given to his army, my brother and sister, to begin to move and mobilize in heaven. And as, as the Lord take me into heaven, my brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Let me, let me share. I have to share a Bible verse. We have to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, share, hallelujah, his word. We're Bible proof. It, it, it's a requirement. My brother and sister, if any man, any, anyone speaketh, let us speak according to God's word. Amen. So we have to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Have always praise you, Lord, the word of God in our hand available. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As the army of the world are mobilizing, of course, the army of God is not going to be stand, my brother and sister. Of course, God is going to do something. Hallelujah. God's going to move. And, and I was also meditating about the prayer of David on Psalm 83, my brother and sister, which David, hallelujah, Pray to God to arise, arise, O Lord, my brother and sister. He said, keep thou no silence, O God. Hold not thy peace. Be not still, O God. For, lo, thy enemy made us to move, and they that hate thee have lifted their head. My brother and sister. So they are lifting their head. And, and let me praise the Lord. Get it from the word of God, the Bible word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, God, do not remain silent. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. Do not keep quiet, oh, God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look, your enemy are in up, uproar. Uproar. You know, when the nations are saying, we're going to attack Israel, we're going to attack this nation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. They're making an uproar. Those who hate you hold their head high, which is a sign of pride also. Okay, or a sign of, of them thinking that they're higher than anyone or they're better than anyone. My brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. So he says, hallelujah, they may plan in secret against your people, plot together against those that you treasure. And that's what Biden and his people this past weekend has done as they approved that the point the point one point three trillion dollar their money there against the Jewish people, the division of Jerusalem, western and eastern part, given them to the Palestinian, the city, which will be called Palestine. It's been on their television channel in the Middle East, and I heard them and I seen them. 
where they're planning to build Palestine. Well, Joe Biden is, is putting it on their hand now. As you think that everything is about Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine, hallelujah, as people are focusing Russia and Ukraine, hallelujah, they're over here approving billions of dollars against Israel. My brother and sister, every time they're going to do something to Israel, they, they, they create a problem somewhere, okay? And, and they focus everyone on that problem so people always, always forget about Israel. Oh, no, my brother and sister. Oh, no. And God is not keeping silent on this. So when the Lord takes me to heaven, he showed me his army mobilizing. My brother and sister, I seen them getting on their horses. And the horses that I'm looking in heaven, Jesus is in front of me talking to me. He allowed me to look to the right and left of these horses and his army as they were getting on the horses. And they were taking off flying, my brother and sister. It was such a smooth. It's like seeing like an F-22 taken off smoothly. These horses were taken off smoothly with these riders in the clouds of heaven, my brother and sister, getting into their position to war, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Because this is the last of the last. And Jesus was talking to me, my brother and sister. And the Lord, I said, Lord, hallelujah. What is, what is going on, Lord? And the Lord says to me, as you have said in your program, Hallelujah. This, this is the end. This is it. This is it. And he says, as you said in your program, it's his program. It's called the Lord Tower. <laughs> He's the Lord. But he said, as you said in your program, hallelujah. But the word he said was not mine, was of God, okay, that the end is near. It's near. It's, 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 it's closer than ever in all eternity, my brother insisted. Praise you, Lord. So he quoted me back because God has given me the word to speak. And I've been giving his word out. So he quoted me on the word that I had given from God. Because remember, him and the angels don't know that the end of the but only the Father. So whoever the Father has given the word down here, how close it is, that's what's exactly what it is. Because God is, God is giving out his word and we're putting it out there. My brothers and sisters, with persecution, with much persecution and so much more, but we're putting the word up there. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. So I tell you that he quoted me back to the word God's been giving me to give on the Lord's hour. My brother insisted. So he mobilizing his army. But as Jesus is standing in front of me, he has these piercing eyes of Father in him. My brother insisted. Like when someone says, I'm out for blood. I'm out for vengeance. And the Bible says that the Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Okay? He had enough with his enemy. He, has a, he had allowed them enough. They had taken too much already. They had done too much evil. And enough is enough. My brother and sister, he's out for blood. He's out for vengeance. Okay? Upon his enemy. He's going to destroy his enemy. He's going to bring his judgment upon his enemy. And none will escape. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. That was an... an, an, an Wednesday morning, that the Lord was showing me this, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. And I'm seeing the Lord, and I'm seeing these things being unfolded. He even allowed me to see a horse having a baby. But it was not like down here, my brother. It was like a miracle. Like when he showed me in the millennium, woman having baby, the angel just putting their hand on the, on the, on the wound and taking the baby out. And that was a no pain, nothing. No nakedness, nothing. 
my brother and sister, a miracle. My brother and sister. But the same horse that was telling that baby was going to be written by someone to, to of his army. My brother and sister. Everything is ready. Everything is ready. Hallelujah. For him to take vengeance upon his enemy. He's going to come down on his white horse, my brother and sister. He, his horses are ready. Horses and his army are ready in heaven. And they've just been given the order as he was showing me. Hallelujah. As they say to be in high alert. Because that's what they say down here. Be in high alert. Raise the level to level now. Six. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I didn't see the level how high it is, but I bet you it's got to be six or it must be seven. Because that's when the act of God comes, the judgment. I know it's out there. And this judgment happens any day. Any day, my brother and sister. Because the door is about to be closed. Anyone playing with God right now is wasting their time. It's playing with fire. Because all this is about to finish. It's about to end. God has told us to be repenting daily. Daily repenting. Day and night. Praying without ceasing. If we're wasting any time, we're wasting it. And we're, we're going to wish we, 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 we had taken advantage of the little, almost nothing time he gave us. My brother and sister, this is the time. This is the hour where God wants us to be ready or be left out. We either right or you'll be left, my brother and sister. The Lord has his piercing eye penetrating my being. He did not smile on me. He looked me straight. He looked me serious. I was thinking, did I do anything wrong? Did I say anything I wasn't supposed to say on the Lord's hour? Did I get him mad by saying something I'm not supposed to say? I'm thinking of this as he's looking at me with those piercing eyes that can penetrate my being easily. My brother and sister. And I started thinking if I said something wrong, if I say something false, if I'm speaking something false now, I'm checking myself. As the Bible said, check yourself. My brother and sister. But he spoke back to me and said, as you have said on your program, good father says to me, it's over. And when father says to me, he has those piercing eyes back then. And the Lord has the same piercing eyes that father has. My brother and sister, God is angry. The Lord is angry. And, and the Bible says, Psalm 2, not to make the son angry. My brother and sister, it's not good. It's not really good right now. For humanity. They have made him angry, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Bible says in Psalm 210, now you kings act wisely. Make the right decision. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son or he'll become angry. While you, hallelujah, and you will die on your way because his anger will burst into flame. Blesses everyone who take refuge in him. Oh, he's angry. Jesus is angry. And he's going to burst people into flame very soon. My brother and sister, after showing me this, and I knew I was not far off from the uh, uh, wedding celebration. But he says to me that I, I have said on the Lord Tower, the wedding is about to start, he says to me. Very clear. The wedding is about to start. 
And I thank him for that. My brother and sister, remember that if the wedding, which is about the story, my brother and sister, the bride needs to be there. The wedding cannot start without the bride. But Jesus said to me that the wedding is about to start and looked at me. My brother and sister, as you have said on your program, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I needed to hear the word of, of encouragement because I've been giving strong word here on the Lord's Tower lately. And I'm responsible for every word. I need to have, I have God to have my back on this. My brother and sister. Because I'm putting out words, my brother and sister, hallelujah, I'm putting out his words, and they're very strong. The door is about to be closed. The wedding celebration is about to start. The great tribulation is at the door. My brothers, everything is all coming at once. You have to choose which of the three are you going to enter into the great tribulation and sin and disobedience. Or you're going to go home repenting when you have changed your way, your ways, unto God's ways, holiness and righteousness. Those are the ways of the Lord. Holiness and righteousness are his ways. And we need to be in his ways already. It's not that we're looking forward to being there some, sometimes. Some, hallelujah. My brother and sister, the marriage supper is about to begin. The marriage of Jesus, the wedding celebration is about to begin. The bride needs to be there. There's no wedding without the bride. We know that. That's common sense down here. There's no wedding without the bride. It's about to begin. You need to be in it with the Lord now. You need to be repenting. If you're doing anything sinful, you need to be crying out to him to help you stop. The Bible said in the book of Jude, only one chapter. He can stop you from falling. He can stop you from sinning. Falling is sinning. You need to be fasting without water, no food right now. Is there anything hindering your life? You need to go start tomorrow in a three-day fasting or seven days or 40 days. I don't know however the Lord leads you. Fasting with no water, no food. To be ready. Crying out to him. My brother and sister, hallelujah, asking him to keep you from being hungry and giving you the strength to do so. And you'll see that his miracle hand, his miracle power empowering you to do so, taking hunger and pain away from you, pass your way. My brother and sister, it's very important. Keep Sister Luna in prayer. She's starting a fast tomorrow. What are we praying for you, sister? This is important. We're, we're in the last of the last. If there were more time left, I would have told you so. I would have been the first one here jumping up and down telling you, we got more time, we got more time. But if I say that, I sin right now. There's no time left. There's only time to be repenting, crying out. When was the last time you got on your knees on, on the floor crying out to the Lord for mercy and fasting and prayer? When was the last time? You say, I'm not getting away. I'm not coming out of this fasting until you set me free, Lord. Lord, I'm not going to stop fasting, Lord. I say that. Keep fasting. If I die, okay. I got to that level because I wanted to be set free. 
in my fasting with the Lord. And if I would tell someone else, I'll say, you're crazy. How can you think this way? I don't want no life without Jesus. I don't want no life without God. I want my life with him. Shalom, Brian. Where are that days? Where are those days? My brother and sister. Someone said the days of Elisha, when Elisha caught everyone to repenting, and those that refused to repent and follow the, the, the group of Baal, kill them. And they chased them, and they started killing the prophet of Baal. And when the queen heard that, she was very wrapped. When Jezebel heard what Elisha did to her prophet, oh, oh, man, was she angry. Go back to King and read it. She was angry. What did Elisha do? When they failed to prove that their God was real, kill them. And they began to kill those men. It comes to a time when God says, repent. And all of a sudden, the person ends up dead. My brother and sister, without the Lord. You have to be obedient right away and say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do so. Hallelujah. Kiss the son of will become angry and you will die on your way because his anger will burst into flame. Blesses everyone who take refuge in him. The only refuge you and I have is Jesus in the last day. He is the ark of God in the last day in which you and I can take refuge. Hallelujah. This is where we are today. The last of the last, my brothers and sisters, hallelujah, last of the last, hallelujah, repent or stay behind, repent with all your heart or be, or be left behind, simple, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, this is where we are, there's no going back anymore. Remember the Lord saying to me, very soon you will want to come on the Lord's job and you won't be able to because there will not be time left. Hallelujah. The light, John 1, 5, the light shining dark. And dark has never extinguished it. That light is Jesus Christ. And the devil and all his evil and all his army and all Nephilim can never quench the light of Jesus. Believe that. Believe that for the days to come. We are in the light and we are out the light. And our light can never be quenched by any evil. Believe that with all your heart. My brother and sister, this is a great test, a great trial. Ezekiel 38, 2. I will darken all the light shining in the sky above you. I will bring darkness over your land. Declare the almighty Lord, said the prophet Ezekiel. My brother and sister, when the children of Israel were in Egypt, God brought over Pharaoh over Egypt three days of darkness. These three days of darkness, Shalom, Sister Renee, are only brought in certain occasions. My brother and sister, God showing that he's in control. My brother and sister, that God will protect his children. God will protect us. And every time God did this, there was a new beginning for the children of Israel. When, when, hallelujah, darkness came. Because that's when they saw the mighty hand of God protecting and God revealed himself to them through the days of darkness. Joel 2.2, 2, it is a day of darkness and gloom. A day of cloud and overcast skies. 
A large and mighty army was spread over the mountain like the dawn. Nothing like this has ever happened. Nothing like this will happen ever again, says the prophet Joel Chuchu. He prophesied that this day of darkness will come, a gloom day. It will be a darkness that you can feel. Those are the three days of darkness. The Lord came to me this week, took me in the spirit. And the days ahead of the three days of darkness. I had shared about the three days of darkness. I shared that uh, one time I seen the, the days of darkness. And that after the three days of darkness, uh, the church was glorified. Got a glorious body like angels. Each and one of us. After the three days of darkness. But this time, when the Lord takes me into the three days of darkness, before I was not allowed to see the, the, the demon that will be released on the earth, this time he did show me. He allowed me to see. I was in a building, my brother and sister. It looks like a school setting. Looks like I went back to college. I don't know if it was paperwork or something. And... As I was there and I was dealing with papers, my wife called me on the phone and said, honey, where are you? And I said, why? Because the, the teacher called me from school that you need to go pick up the kid. And I said, what's going on? And have you noticed? He said, have you looked outside? You know, I said, I've been here all morning long. I had not looked out through the window. Plus, he said, you know how some days are raining and the, the clouds are dark and it's dark outside. So I, I imagine there was something like that going on. I didn't, think, I didn't think much of it as it was. But it was the Lord that took me there for me to see what was happening. So I said to her, okay, I'll get to the kid. I'll bring him home like I usually do. Anything happens, I go to the school, I pick him up, I bring him home. So I said, I'll do that, okay? I still have her on the phone. I look out through my window. It was pitch black. At that very moment was a reminder to my understanding in the Lord that I seen this before. I seen this, this gloomy black pitch where you, don't, you cannot hardly see further ahead of you. It's so black. And you know how you have lights on your cell phone. People was using everything they could to turn on the lights. When I look at the window, I some people some, some people are driving, hitting posts, hitting other car, other cars face to face, because it was so gloomy black that the headlight was very dim, and they could not see each other. I saw people that head close to the to the through the windows to the windshield as they're driving, and they're looking, trying to see, and they will hit one another from collision. They cannot see my brother and sister. And all of a sudden, as people were having this accident in this, in this pitch black, I saw how my brother and sister, people began to come out of the car and decided to walk because if you could not drive, people said, well, I got to get home. Let me, let me get out of my car. And as they were getting out of the car, all of a sudden, I saw these demons. That were released on the earth, my brother and sister. And these demons started taking form a dog, leper, my brother and sister, 
leper was mostly the animal they were turning like. Some look, look like tiger, my brother and sister. And to me, it was like, wow, hallelujah. They began to take these forms that I really, I was thinking, wow, what is this? Hallelujah. My brother and sister, I was wondering, hallelujah, what was going on? Where all this evil being released on the earth. And as they were turning into these different animals, they began to attack people. I saw them jumping on people and grabbing them by the by the neck, biting them to kill them, my brother and sister. And I said, wow. But I knew that I had the protection of the Lord, that the hedge of protection the Lord has on his people. Ye that are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God unto the day of salvation within our lives, that we were dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty, that we will have not have to fear no evil, because God said he will be with us, my brother and sister. But the rest of the world was very afraid. They just not realize all the evil that was going on on the earth, my brother and sister, and that they could not outrun these beasts. They could not outrun these animals. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, and they try to, but when they try to run, they will catch up to them quickly. My brother and sister, hallelujah, and, and grab them and bite them. My brother and sister, says that thou should not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that fled by day, nor of the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor in destruction that lay waste on the noonday. I'm watching destruction on the noon day, as the Bible says. I look at the hours, it was 10, 16 a.m. And this destruction is going on, my brother and sister, early in the morning. And I knew that everyone that was not walking with the Lord was being attacked by these beasts, by these animals, animals. But it was this demon that was turning into them. I can see the demon before they turn into the animal. And then people will see them turn into those animals. And if people had that dog, they would turn into the dead dog. If they had dead cat, they would turn into the dead animal to, to get their attention. The whole idea that these demons were doing was getting people attention, getting them to focus on them. So some people will say, oh, that's a, that's, that's a kitty. That's not going to do anything to me. And when the person went to grab the kitty, as the kitty was there, meow, 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 immediately it opened a big mouth like a beast and, and, and bite this person, take this person apart. BG now deceived. So this beast was deceiving them. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, they were deceiving them. They were getting them one way or another. These people could not escape them. And they were killing people here and there, my brother and sister. And that's what shocked me as I'm seeing all this. You know, I tell my wife, I don't know if I can get to my children. And I called Brother Ben. I said, Brother Ben, can you, can you help me get the children at school? And he was telling me, I look out my window, Brother Elby, it's really bad up there. It's really dark. It's pitch black, but I'll do my best so we can meet and we can go get them. We'll do so. 
Even today, brother, brought me a flashlight. We've been getting ready for this darkness that is coming. Because the Lord said we will go through these three days of darkness very soon. They're very close to begin. When, when I got this Friday morning, I was thinking to go on Brother Barry's program and say if I can join him. But I was debating because I was afraid that this would begin so soon and then I won't have time to come on and warn the people. But I began to think that the Lord, when he gives you something like this so urgent, it's because you still have a little time, at least a little time. And my thinking is, I got to put out this message quickly. I got to warn people that the three days of darkness are around the corner, are about to happen. And that we need to be dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty. We need to be praying. We need to be repenting. A thousand to fall on thy sight. Ten thousand on the right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. As I began to walk the head unto my children, still have my wife on the, on the phone. And I said, I'm going to try to get to them as, as fast as I can. There's so many accidents happening around me. Some of these demons are loose. And I noticed that as I was walking through, the demon could not get to me. I had the, 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 the protection of the Lord. And the demon could not jump on me as they were doing to other people. I noticed that the people that were not uh, submitted under the Lord, that were not under the Lord's protection, they were attacking them easily with no problem. And overpowering them so easy. But anyone who feared the Lord, who was walking under the shadow of the Almighty, who the Lord was a shield and protection, as he said to Abraham, they were being kept, they were being protected with no problem. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. So I, I started moving. I'm seeing the accident. And, and me, I wanted to stop and help those people. Because I saw people bleeding after the accident. I saw the bees attacking them. But I started thinking it's not my business to deliver them from the bees. That's not what God called me to do. My brother and sister, I'm a messenger of the Lord. And Father said, I'm the last message he was sent to the earth. He reminded me of this the other days. So I'm putting out his message. And if I see all these beasts in the three days biting people, eating people, it's not for me to mess with it. It's not for me to enter being. That's not the calling God has put on my life or any one of us line. Life, my brother and sister. Okay? God is calling people to repenting. We are telling them to repent, to commit their life to God. If they don't do, and one of these beasts comes out and eats them, it's on them. Yes, we pray here. We intercede for our brother and sister. We're there for them in prayer. That is the best thing you can do for anyone. You giving them money, clothing, and food is not the best. It's praying for them, interceding for their life. is the best thing you and I can do. That was explained to my aunt in heaven. My brother and sister, that the best thing you can do is pray for someone and get, life, get God involved in their life. That is the best thing. A lot of people think that he has given them food, has given them money, has given them shelter. That is the best thing you can, and they're wrong. Because a lot of people have gotten money, gone to hell. Gotten shelter, gone to hell. My brother and sister, giving them court, gone to hell. But when you get life, when you get God involved in their life, God gives them life, and they end up in heaven. Greater chance to end up in heaven. My brother and sister, it's the greatest thing you can do for someone is praying. Hallelujah. 
thank you, Lord. Very important you understand this. We're in the last of the last, okay? Whatever is left is left. Once the trumpet sound, the church is out. The church disappears, okay? The church right now is running out of time. Whatever you can do for someone is pray, do it. Stop putting off prayer. Whatever you can, the best thing you can do for your family is to pray for them. Do it. When you fast, include your family in your fasting. Mention them to the Lord in prayer. Get God involved in their life because God can deliver them from those demons that are going to be released soon. Hallelujah. Very important you understand. Hallelujah, how difficult it is in the last days. Difficult. Difficult. Thank you, Jesus. People need God involved in their life. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Get God into the life to make their life possible to serve him. The only way, there's no other way. There is no other way. Understand that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amos 5.8. God made the constellation of the Pleiades of Orient and turned the deep darkness into dawn. He turned the day into night. He called water from the sea to pour out over the face of the earth. His name is the Lord. Amos 5.20. The day of the Lord brings darkness and no light. It's peach black with no light. Why did the prophet say this? Because Jesus is coming to transform his bride. And this happened coming out of the darkness, three days of darkness. Again, let me read you what the prophet says now. Amos 5.20. The day of the Lord brings darkness and no light. You hear? It begins with darkness. It began with three days of darkness. The bride comes out of a glorified and a glorious body. But the world, for the first time, they realize how far away from God they are, how much part of darkness they are. In the three days of darkness, it is revealed to the world, the unrepentant world, the world that's been rejecting the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of God, the Son of God, the only Savior, the only deliverer that died for them on the cross that they've been rejecting for so many years. In the three days of darkness, God makes them realize that they don't have Jesus 100% clear to their mind. When those demons come on them and bite them and begin to tear them apart, people begin to see this, and they're terrified. Hallelujah. Terrified. So the day of the Lord brings darkness, three days of it. Ain't no light. No light. When you plant a seed in the ground, you plant a seed in darkness. You don't plant it in light. You plant it in darkness. Okay? And the seed remains there in dark until it begins to come out of the dark into the light. And it grows to, be, to become a tree. Plant. Mapping system. But it first comes out of darkness, not a light. It comes out of darkness first. The bride is the same. It gets changed. It gets transformed in that process. My brothers, because we are planted like seed, and they serve to bring fruit for God. 
Remember? Or you need to be reminded. Let's read it. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 1. Thank you, Jesus. What does the Bible says? Hallelujah. Verse 3 of Psalm 1. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf is also shall not wither, but whatsoever he does shall prosper. Who is he? The church. God's believers are planted to bring fruit for God. So as a seed, we are planted in the ground. And for the three days of darkness, we come out. We come out as we meant to be seeing. Everyone here wants to see how the bride's going to come out. How beautiful. The word that Paul uses, glorious, bright. When she comes out shining, she comes out glorious. Everybody, everybody wants to see how everyone will come out. The Lord gave me a preview of how people are going to come out when he calls them by name. Praise to Jesus. Hallelujah. There will be a change. There will be a day of transformation coming. And it's closed now. Because we're ever closer than ever. The disciple heard about this, but never seen these days. Hallelujah. As he said, Abraham heard his days. Hallelujah. And rejoice. They heard about these days and they rejoice, but they didn't see it. We're going to see it, but they're going to witness it from heaven. They'll be looking down the cloud of witnesses. I got to see what the Lord's going to do. I got to see what the Lord, how they're going to come out. It's going to be beautiful. So the prophet Amos says that the day of the Lord brings darkness and no light. Pitch black with no light. That's the way it is. Because he, uh, the true will be revealed. There is nothing hidden that applies to us too that will not come out to light. The world's sin comes out to light. The evil, I'm going to read you verses later on, proving, you, proving to you what I'm saying about what's going to happen to them. And also verses about us, proving to you what's going to happen to us. Glorious days is coming for the bride. But for the world, terror is the word of the prophet. Terror, T-E-R-R-O-R. Terror is coming for them in the, day, in the three days of darkness. My brother and sisters, remaining in sin is the, is, is, is the worst decision the world has made. Rejecting Christ is rejecting life. My brother and sister, rejecting any hope for the soul. 